Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Welcome back to episode 49 of the Worldwide Shells Pod. Obviously, from the song Eminem, back again. We, we've been away for a long period of time for many different reasons. And this is actually take two of episode 49, thanks to some technical issues. So I'm back with my co-host, Marv. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful, Matt. I love that intro. Better tell some friends, because here we are, back again. Well, I thought it's me and you, me, Matt and Marv, Eminem, we've been away for a long while, so I thought it's a perfect little intro just to bring a little bit of fun to the episode. I'm sure the viewers are probably either turning off already because I'm a terrible singing or laughing. So, Well, that's lucky because there's no viewers on this show, is it's a podcast? Oh, yeah, but listeners, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But anyway, we'll get into it. So, obviously, last on the first take, we were going to talk about we would this ter- that terrible Southampton result. But now we've got a much more positive result to talk over. So, Champions League, Tuesday night. Atletico Madrid nil, Chelsea won. Giroud scoring that beautiful beautiful goal may i say better than Deli alley's by the way because he actually sure. done it against a good team but what was your overall take of the game well i mean i not i saw kind of like some mixed things but when i watched the the whole of the game i was generally quite surprised that we would have better team i thought we would give them a good game because obviously i quite kind of trust you know my trust is almost earned by tuchel at this point with the results and stuff we've had we've only ever probably had about two bad ones and uh, we haven't lost which is also good um, I was absolutely delighted when Giroud scored. Um, I was like, oh, they should have allowed it just for the amount of time that Atletico spent throwing themselves to the floor at every second in the game. Um, really happy to see we won. I think we deserved it. I think we played some good football, uh, created maybe not too many chances, but that's kind of... I much prefer having a solid defence where we don't ever concede even a glimpse of an opportunity and, and create only a few and win the game at a tight margin than play completely open and lose 2-1 to Wolves. So, I mean, I'm pretty happy and I'm delighted we won. Let's just hope we can complete that with the second leg, get the win, and we can dream. Yeah, I mean, just to look back at some stats in the game, obviously they didn't have a shot on target for the entire 90 minutes, which just shows how good we've been defensively, especially considering the fact that the unlikely heroes of Rudiger, Christensen, and Aspilicueta are at the back, not any of the other Thiago Silvers you'd expect to be in that defence, dropping them stats. But also, Chelsea are the only Premier League team to beat Atletico Madrid away in the Champions League so far, ever. Yeah, I mean, I read that and I was almost impressed, but then you realise they don't didn't actually play away. Yeah, but we actually have beaten them at the Wanda Mel- Metropolitano True. as well. We so did. We, we, did. We, we have beaten them multiple times away. Not just once, multiple yeah. times. So but, we, I mean... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Clearly, we're just... Well, we're just suited to playing Atletico Madrid, apparently, now. And, and yeah, I mean, I think we... I mean, it was a game I didn't want us to play, judging by how we were playing under Frank. We were attacking a lot, playing really kind of front-foot football, and I, don't, I think that plays into their hands a little bit. Uh, since we switched to Tuchel, I come back to the front... OK, and it's always that case, isn't it, when they, people say, oh, we're going to get smashed. I remember it. I remember it so well, the year we won the Champions League. We had that Barcelona game upcoming, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. 
and everyone, everyone under the sun was saying, oh, I can't wait to see Chelsea get smashed and all this ridiculous stuff. And then we come up top, you know, we come up trumps and we won it. And very similar here. I'm really happy. You said about the unsung heroes. Um, I think Christensen was probably man of the match, which is for me a shocker considering I'm not a fan of his. Uh, he had a great game as did Rudiger. And I would also like to say, so did Alonso. I had a discussion with the good account that I like on Twitter, and he said that he offered nothing. Um, once I proved that wrong instantly, uh, there was an early chance that Atletico Madrid had, crossed into the back post, two attackers in there, Alonso won the header. Uh, if he doesn't do that, and if that's Chilwell, he doesn't win that header, and that's probably a goal. So, you know, good performance. I, there was not one player in that 11 who I was unhappy with, not one. Yeah, I mean, just just to make the point a bit clearer, the fact that Marv said that Christensen deserves to be man of the match, I thought I'd never hear that ever in my life. <laughs> so the fact that Marv has said that shows Christensen must have had a good game, which he, which he did. And I, I'd agree. I think I was just about to go on to man of the match. I think it was, one of them, it was one of the first games that I've looked at a man of the match and you could have picked four, five, yeah. six players because Definitely. everyone was that good. I mean... I remember on Sadiq's stream, I think some people mentioned Christensen, someone mentioned Rudiger. I actually picked Jorginho. I thought Jorginho had a very good game. and It was very, again, one of them performances that went very under the radar for a lot of people. And as me, I don't normally praise Jorginho that much, but under Tuchel, everything's happening. People were praising players that they had agendas against and other players that just, you wouldn't think that great. Like me and you just honestly didn't believe in Christensen again. And he's playing really well. And everyone's yeah. just suit. Well, they're suited to the formation that we're playing in my opinion. But um, I just, it's, it's, it was happy to see that you could, it's you struggle to pick one man a match because of so many. I mean, you certain games of the Frank Lampard, we struggled to give a man a match because there wasn't any good performances. So it's nice to try and pick, a man a match out of a load of good ones and a load of bad ones. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for me, there was not one player who I'd finished that game thinking, wow, you didn't play well. No, they were all contributing to it. Uh, even Callum, uh, another thing, I mean, it goes unnoticed, the one thing that I liked, he got back so quickly to deny that early chance that Correa missed. Do you remember there was a chance where Rudiger and Alonso got mixed up and it went straight through them and they put the uh, Suarez put the ball to the other side? And yeah. correct and finish, but Callum got in there to block that angle so well, uh, and it's that kind of fight that I like to see. And I think that all of the players really gave a great account of himself. Jorginho included as well. His passing was good, movement was good, and Jan de Tuchel has been great so far. Yeah, I mean, out of everyone, if I was to be dis- the one player that was a little bit disappointed with was Mason Mount. If I'm honest, I thought he started off very sloppy. Obviously, within the first thirty seconds, got that yellow card and is now suspended. Which was for me oh, very frustrating, that and then needed to make yeah, that. He needed need needed to do it, but I still thought it was that first fifteen twenty minutes, especially he was very sloppy, and it only took him to the second half for him to get going back to how we we normally see him. But I mean, it wasn't a bad performance. Don't get me wrong; it's just compared to everyone else, I think his performance was just a little bit under. But it was still a decent performance, and we won the game in the anyway. Which we're going to go on to the Wonder Man who scored that brilliant goal. Which I think it's the first goal probably for about over a year that I've truly got out my. I got. I jumped off my bed 
did a knee slide on my carpet, which hurt, but was worth it. Olivier Giroud's goal, <laughs> what did you think of it? Oh, mate, what a strike. And it's, that's the kind of thing that he pulls out of his locker. Like, he hadn't, he'd been due a good game because he hadn't played well for a while. Um, but I do like Oli. I think the money we spent for him, the big games, and this is a key point here, the big games he turns up in, in so many of them, that we cannot really be overly critical. He's not a high-volume scorer, but what he is is somebody that will deliver in big games. And uh, I have to say I'm delighted. What a goal. No, no one else in that team is scoring that. Right. And, and this kind of, you know, it's a big game. If he doesn't play, that doesn't happen. And we don't we probably get a nil nil. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, and especially after we saw the overhead from Haaland uh, early in that week. Uh, and then we see Giroud do it, which is great. Two of the best. Uh, and what a great goal. Yeah, he, he probably just looked at Haaland and thought, you can do one, I can do better. <laughs> amazing. Really maybe, amazing. Maybe we don't need to spend 100 million pounds on a striker after that. Well, I mean, we could complement the two and play them both together. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the point. I Nothing's mean, might, in the you way might as well have both of them in a team. I mean, Deli Ali attempted to make it better, but I mean, he was playing some Austrian farmers, so it doesn't really count, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. I mean, you can score. I mean, anyone can score. The Euro, I like the Europa League and I won't disrespect it because I've always enjoyed when Chelsea have been there. I might be in the minority because I've always felt like, yes, we can win this. And uh, and I like the games. I mean, we've seen some good plays and good goals, but any kind of moderate level player in a big team can look good there. And it can really overinflate the statistics and overinflate the eye test. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that about Loftus-Cheek because he delivered also in the Premier League that season. Uh, and I personally think Ruben is a top player. Um, but for example, you know, we had some players playing in the Europa when we played with Sari, you know, Emerson and all these guys looking great. You know, uh, you know, Deli Ali's done that. Well, he hasn't done anything in the league. That Where are they, like 10th right now? I think they're 9th. I think Arsenal are 10th. Yeah, maybe they can celebrate when they actually win so, or deliver in big games. And that's something that Tottenham just do not do. Uh, that wasn't a big game. That was a, a mid-level game against Benfica that... They lost their advantage. Oh, no, not Benfica. That was Ar- Wait, who played Benfica? Was it Arsenal? I forget them. Yeah, it was Arsenal. Um, yeah, I mean, they're playing games that at the moment are not big. The big games in Europa League will not start until the end. Until near the end. Yeah, I think that's like the one thing with Europa League. I feel like I the way the Champions League and the Europa League are kind of um, built, I, I'd, I'd reform it a little bit different. I'd probably have three competitions rather than Two winners cup. Yeah, it like the old yeah. days. You'd have <laughs> you'd have the champions of each big nation, and then cup, as in the people win the FA Cup, Copa del Rey, whatever the league one. Uh, I can't I don't know what the French league one is, but and uh, oh, I always forget the German league one as well. But yeah, the cups and the leagues. I think it's called the go- Pokal. I think it's called the Pokal. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, you have all them in one top division. Then you have the seconds, the thirds, the fourths. That would be the Europa League, which I think would actually be a, make it a really good competition. And then you'd have the kind of, not the crappy league, but the ones for the smaller countries, like the, I'll give it a, I'll give a personal example, the Club Bruges, the, the Belgium champions, the, Austrian teams and they can have a tournament and then them teams also have a bit more of a benefit of winning there might not be as much money in it and I think it is more about money that's the yeah. reason for yeah. it but 
I think it would just be better for the teams personally, but um, that's the way it is. Staying on the um, topic of Olivier Giroud, I wrote an article a couple of days ago discussing the idea of Giroud being a cult hero. Do you think he's a cult hero at Chelsea? Yeah, absolutely, yes. I mean, he came he came here. He won the FA Cup straight away. He won the Europa League. You know, I mean, what else? I've got to, we've got to, we said it's all about my, let's, let's stick on that. What are you expecting from an 18 million pound striker? What, what do people want from that? Because I think we've had way more than our money's worth from Giroud. Yeah. I mean, you look, you look, uh, as I said, my article in the, in the European games, he's turned in the competitions. He's turned up obviously the top scorer. Uh, yeah, top scorer in the Europa League. He's currently top scorer now in the Champions League. Amazing. The last season, he didn't really play at all in the Champions League, so we can't really count that. Neither did we. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but And then it's just like some of the goals he scores. Like, obviously, the one against Atletico Madrid. Brilliant, memorable goal. Then you had the one against... Do you remember the one against Southampton where he got the ball and he just twisted and turned three or four oh, players and then rounded the goalkeeper? I've watched that loads. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I, I've been showing my son uh, quite a lot of times the uh, like classic Chelsea games recently. So, um, and, and we've been, well, this isn't really a classic Chelsea game, but I love to watch, I always love to watch the semi finals where I know we've won the competition. And I bring that one up quite a bit that lovely catch and catch by Hazard plays him in and the, that dribble to score that goal. What a goal. Yeah. I mean, and there's, you had the, I think it was against Malmo in the Europa League. It was the one where he uh, backheeled it into the net. I think William crossed it in. But he's just got that audaciousness. And the fact that Arsenal fans called him a lamppost, that is such, no, that is the one, one of the worst. I, I, I think it's so disrespectful. I think Giroud, even though he's been third choice for pretty much under most managers, he's got, he, he's, battled all these top strikers that we've brought in and he's outlasted most of them. He's outlasted Higuain, Morata. Um, he's getting the better of Tammy and Werner right now. Yeah. And there's someone well, else. The thing, him. I don't think he's competing with Timo for the same position. Like this is kind of one of the, uh, if, I don't know. Oh, are you planning to get into the Tammy debate in today's pod? Yeah. I mean, we've got, yeah, we've got a lot later. of, dis- we've got a lot of discussions, but yeah, I think it's, okay. so he, I, I think, yeah, go on. So, I'm saying I believe I, I believe you're correct on that with Giroud. And uh, I remember I used to watch him uh, for Arsenal, and I used to get I used to think oh, he's actually quite good that guy. And I, I, one thing I noticed it wasn't consistent enough with the goals, and uh, and they always used to complain about him. And I remember he used to come off the bench uh, when he used to come off the bench against Chelsea. I was like, oh fuck's sake, not that guy. Like he's, he, I, for me, he's a good player. And he, when we got him, I thought, okay, maybe you'll do all right. Come off the bench a bit, and in the and he's well in, done more than what I expected. FA Cup, Europa League. And it's not like he was a passenger. He re- he played a big part in these wins, and for yeah. for that reason, he's he's a cult hero for me. Um, my my uh, whilst I am quite tough on a lot of players, all I for a player wins one trophy, I'm with them. There are a few exceptions of players. I I mean, I've only ever disliked one player in my history of a Ch- as being a Chelsea fan. Um, but I I really love Giroud. I think he, he's been a great player for us, and I'd ha- I'll be happy for him to stay again for another season. Yeah, definitely. I think he's one of them players. The it's the Arsenal it's the Arsenal going a goal in the Europa League final. Oh, that header! Bullet what header! Bullet header! And it's just that big fuck you to Arsenal fans. All the ones that called him a lamppost, and he's just 
helped with Hazard and that. He's ruined all their hopes of getting that Europa League. And it was just bittersweet. It was the, you couldn't have wrote it any better. Amazing. It was such. I mean, it's, it's sometimes when you see players deliver stuff that you just don't think they were capable of. I mean, what a goal! It was literally a diving header, out, so almost outside the box. I mean, and he flicked it on into the court. I mean, that the goal is unbelievable. It's unbelievable that goal. But honestly, I, I do think he'll probably leave at the end of the season. But he is going to be one of them players I miss. Honestly, yeah, I miss. And, and when players, he retires, I'll miss him as well. Me too. I mean, players that come from uh, Arsenal or rivals, I think they've got a bit of extra, a little bit extra to do, haven't they? Like, and that's just kind of how it works with Arsenal and our players. We send them the players that are ready to finish and they hate them straight away. Uh, they send us players that are, are still good and we love them straight away. So it's, it's you know, that's just the way it works. And I personally, I've, I've not got any complaints about Giroud. I mean, he's a player. I like him. He's been good for us. I've got nothing to criticise about him uh, in, in this Chelsea squad. He's been good. Yeah, I think he's been... very he, Over the last few years, I think he's just been a joy to have at the club. And whether he goes elsewhere in the summer, I, I still think he can go on for another two, three years, if I'm honest, uh, in some sort. If he goes to, say, a Serie A club, he can stay there for two or three years and handle it in there and do well. Yeah. And I think he will become France's all-time top goal scorer, which, again, will be another record in his books. And we can we can say that we had the pleasure to have the best of Giroud, the for, yeah. France's top goal scorer at our club. And, and, and I always come back to this point. People compare quite a lot. We get these people saying, oh, and I say that, you know, you've got to win stuff and it matters what you win. And, and people all them, oh, but Ryan Bertrand played in a cup final. Yeah, he was subbed off after 25 minutes or whatever it was, 40 minutes. Um, it counts when we have to, to analyze it as a complete. Giroud has been a part of all of those teams. So he was a big part. He didn't play one game. He played all the games or a lot of the games. Uh, I mean, and that's telling because he was a Europa League top scorer. He's the Champions League top scorer. I mean, this is a good player. And uh, I think if you kind of compare that, you know, players that do that, I think it's fantastic. You need big game players. And he is one. Um, I, I'm really, really pleased with what he's done done here. 18 million. I mean, you think about what, what do you expect from an 18 million pound striker? For me, he's delivered. He's delivered. Yeah, 100%. I mean, keep it on to the striker debate obviously the last few weeks have had some interesting transfer rumors mainly around the one and only early Haaland. latest reports saying that tuchel roman abravich given the green light we're very interested talks will go on in april to discuss who is going to be the main target but from what everyone's saying right now it looks like it will be Haaland. what do you think of early Haaland? Mate, he is the absolute best. He is a beast. He is the white Drogba, Norse god, Thor of the football pitch. Um, and finally, one of my targets are being targeted again for the first time in years. So it, it always frustrates me. People get really super excited about all these players over the summer. I was excited, of course, but none of those were my first choice players you know i think i said on the pod when we signed Vern, i was really happy we signed timo because i thought he would be an instant hit that hasn't happened yet but i still think he's good uh but i wanted albanian that was my first choice at the time um there are other ideas i wanted to fl- i really wanted a winger we didn't look for one 
Um, you know, we got, I can't try and think what we signed. We signed Mendy, good goalkeeper, but of course I would have wanted Oblak. Um, we signed Chilwell. My first choice was Alfonso Davies. I know we're not going to get that, but you know. Um, so, you know, we never go for, it's been so long since it's been players that I personally have wanted. When we looked for Diego Costa, he was in my top two that I wanted to the club. Um, and, and they're like kind of when we signed in, we signed Fabregas or I wanted Modric. There's like, you know, there's so many players that have come up that I've not really wanted in the, at the club when, when it's happened. And um, I mean, I really wanted to even even when Torres came, I was so freaking excited. But I wanted Sergio Aguero. And uh, so I, I'm on the right side of history with a lot of these like big name wants. Uh, I wanted Danny Alves. We decided not to. We signed Giuliano Belletti. Um, so there's these kind of things. Now, Erling Haaland is my absolute top. When I was, I've, And I wanted him the year before. Uh, I was looking at him as a young player. I was like, this guy is really... I mean, he is a complete... He's already a complete nine at the age of, like, whatever he is, 19, 20, I forget. He's already a complete nine. There is no one in the world that I would like to sign more than him apart from maybe Kylian Mbappe. And I don't know if Mbappe would want to sit in the centre. He's more like kind of drifts left, kind of where Timo plays at the moment. So I don't really think see that as a potential transfer for us at this, this stage. Um, so for me, Erling Haaland is the one. And I actually, I, I'm so into this now. I've even started an agenda, follow my agenda every day. It's pinned post, day three we're up to. Um, he, for me, will transform this team. We need, and there is no excuses here. We need this to happen because... We need a centre-forward that's going to score 20 goals. That is the only way we are going to be the best club in the country again. And I cannot stress this enough. This has to be done. Stop thinking that Tammy's going to be the best in the world. And I'm not going to criticise Tammy at this point. Um, but he's not Haaland and he's nowhere fucking near it. And he never will be, in my opinion. And, and I'm not meaning that in an offensive way. There is just a gulf of quality between these players. And that gulf will be very hard to fill. And for me, you know, we need a top striker. We have to get it. And if we don't get Haaland, because Haaland is the one, the only one, who are we going to get here? Um, I don't want Lukaku. Even I would take him, but he's not going to make us win. I don't think he's quite that big game player yet. Okay, he did do one against Milan, so maybe that's starting to change. Does he want to leave Conte? I think he's really good with Conte. And, uh, you know, if we look up, up aside from those two, Haaland is easily the choice. But back from the, who, who else do we have here? Uh, Harry Kane, you know, he's a bit injury prone, isn't he? As well, so that's a big risk. What, and then after Harry Kane, what are we looking at? We're looking at age strikers, ones that might want a new challenge, like a Lewandowski, because he's already won everything at Bayern. Or, I mean, who else are we looking at here? The, the list is very short. This is the best time for us because we've got that financial advantage because of COVID. And, you know, no more excuses. We need to go out there and get Haaland, whatever it takes. Yeah, I mean, I was one of them people, if you asked me before New Year, I didn't want Haaland at all, under no circumstances, purely, not because of his ability, I think he's a good player, but it was because of Riola and that I had... Yeah. My ideology, no Riola players at the club. No Donnarama, no Ragnoli, no Verratti, as much as I like No Haaland. But he's honestly, last few weeks, I'm on board of it. I think it's going to be, if we have to sell our soul to the devil for one player, it has to be, it, it has to be Hurling Haaland, I think. Um, we have to just deal with him. 
for this one sign-in. Hope that he doesn't cause too much trouble while Haaland is here. And then when Haaland does want to go move on, because I think he will probably move on quite, not quite quick, but he won't be here for five, six years. Because you think? It, 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 I, 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 the problem with, this is what I was saying before with Haaland. You can tell Riola is already trying to manage him into his, one of his old, old clients, yeah. Ibrahimovic. And Ibrahimovic went from club, no matter who the club was, he went from club to club. Every two, three years, he'd move on. And I think that's typical of Riola. Like with Pogba, he moved in from Man United to Juventus, then back to from Juventus to Man United. And then since he's been there, what? He's, after the two, three years, again, tries to flirt with Real Madrid because it makes Riola money. The, of course. The, Harsh reality of Mina Riola, him he do, he makes more money from a player transferring to another club than a player signing a new contract. So he wants to move his players about as much as possible. And the only player that in his client base that hasn't done that so far is Verratti, which I've been, which I assume PSG are paying very handsomely to keep Verratti and keep Riola happy because normally, as I said, you look at. Obviously, Pogba's the example. Donnarumma's yeah. contract talks a problem. Ramognoli, he'll start going soon. He's and, crap. Yeah, he's, he has to work. that's the only reason he hasn't moved on yet. Because yeah. can, I interject? Are... can I interject well, there? Because, um, I mean, I, I also, unlike you, I don't like Rowler at all. And I think, but if you're looking at the these players that he represents, we, for example, I, I've not heard too much stress about Verratti. And, um, for example, if we're looking at Mio, Mino Royale, the club clients, sh- you notice that the anger, you know, he's always on about Pogba leaving. But is that not because Pogba is playing in a team that isn't winning shit all? So, in this case, I think it more like, I mean, he's sending players to places that he expects, they, they expect success, right? So, surely if we buy this player and, and we're winning games and we're winning stuff, this isn't going to change. And... It's interesting to say we don't know the trajectory of what's going to go on because, for example, we think, oh, Real, the guy's gone here, this is going to happen, but he might fire Real in the future, uh, like Lukaku did. Yeah, right? I mean, so, he, he could, but I, I just, I see, what I see is, I see Haaland stays here for four years and then when Real Madrid eventually rebuild themselves, I think he'll move there because I think what, what will happen is Kylian Mbappe, or it will be Real Madrid or Barcelona, because Kylian Mbappe will go to one. It, you've already got this comparison between Haaland and Mbappe. It's going to be the new yep. Ronaldo Messi. And the one thing that you'll, will happen, Mbappe will move to La Liga, either Real Madrid or Barcelona, probably Real Madrid thinking about it. And then eventually, Haaland's going to have the idea, they're going to have the comparison going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He'll want to go where Mbappe is and dominate. And I don't think he'll turn... You, it's hard for a player to turn down the opportunity of Real Madrid-Barcelona. All the all the great players go there at some point in their career. So I, I do see him leaving at some point. Um, plus with the fact that there is just no loyalty in football anymore. I think I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with that. I think and, and all the best players don't always go there. Didier Drogba didn't go there. Yes, uh, but... Lampard didn't go there, John Terry didn't go there, Ashley Cole didn't go there. I know they're English players, so that could be slightly different, but Michael Essien, 
uh, Makaleli left there. You know, we're going back to our successful phases because I think if um, any player, big player, is going to be interested in a team that's successful, for example, Balak, you know, he, he went there for free. He had options. And I think that I think we will always be that option, a big option for big players, if we show that ambition and are winning. And I feel like if we stop winning and we're kind of in danger of, of, of that at this point, being obsessed with youth FC and other things like that, then that's when we might lose these battles. This is one of the times where I'm, I'm a little concerned that he could choose another place. And I think that will be really damaging because we cannot go another season like persevering with Tammy Abraham up front uh, unless we want to come fourth again. Um, we need a top one. And I think that this is the, our chance. And. You know, if he joins, we win the league, we, we start picking up, we get to the semi-finals in Champions League. When we were achieving those kind of positions, semi-final in Champions League, winning the FA Cup, you know, doing competing every year, essentially. These players always wanted to come. Like Danny Alves, he wanted to come. Robinho, he wanted to come. Uh, Aguero, he wanted to come. These players will want to come here if we are winning. And I think this will be the start of it. Buying someone like him is, it can transform us, I believe. Yeah, I, I get I get your point. I just I still think I think there has been a quote before where he has mentioned about Real Madrid at some point playing there would be a it's the typical Real Madrid dream idea. So it, I could be wrong. He could stay here for a lot of his career and go into like when he gets to his thirties or whatever decides to go elsewhere. But I I do think just typical. Riola client I think he will be one of the people that does move on after a certain period of time but we'll, we'll wait and see I think we have I do think we have to do everything to sign him I think with I would pay upwards of anything to pay 120 million at least yeah. up, I, I, and I, I honestly like I think Jester said in uh, Sadiq's stream, I'd swap everyone bar Maybe Havertz, Werner for Haaland, Pulisic, Cho, I would, Abraham. I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap uh, Christian. <laughs> um, I, 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 even even Jester's was like Christian. He'd gladly swap for Haaland, which I I, I was We were all surprised with, but yeah, I I think you. He's just one of them players you need, and I think it, most most players are sacrificable for him. I think we need to make sure it's done. Um, we, we have to do this. Like, uh, you know, I, I keep thinking because, you know, we bought some good players. I expected us to be in a much better position than we're in now. But the thing is, we are still there. We're still in the FA Cup. We're still in the Champions League. We're, so we're just going to make sure we consolidate our league failure this year by finishing it in fourth and try to win one or two. If we can get both, Trevor, let's do it. Uh, we've got to fight and, and actually beating Atletico will help us because, you know, if Haaland sees us in the semi-final, they'll be like, oh, OK, maybe just add me and then I get final. Uh, I don't know why you become Russian. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that the, the, people look at that and they see it. It's, it's the thing, you know, Hazard, Hazard chose us for that, right? Hazard is I'm signing for the Champions League winner because we won. And, and you, you see, the more that we get ourselves back on that big stage, the more we become attractive. I mean, we sign Havertz. We signed Kai Havertz, who was one of the most fancied players in world football, by coming fourth. So imagine what we can do by winning again. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think even with the competition, like Riola was saying, that, oh, there's 10 clubs that can afford him, four in the Premier League. But who's going to pay 300 I, 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 I look at it and go, well, 
Real Madrid and Barcelona are in a bit of a crisis, so I don't think either of them are able to sign him at the moment. Barca, um, Barca can't do it. I know this because I talked to somebody who's a season ticket holder there. Yeah, that, uh, they, they can't do it. And I don't think Real Madrid are in that much of a better state either. I think Real Madrid prefer the idea of Mbappe. Yeah, that's what I was also clocking on because I think they're more sold than Mbappe. You've got Juventus, they won't do it because they've got Ronaldo. That's enough money that they're spending on him, um, just wages-wise. Um, you go into PSG, I'd, it could be an option, but I'd, I don't think... I, I it, Yeah, it could be an option, but it, that will depend on what what is Haaland really Mbappe. about. Does he want to win something and do something good of his career, or does he want to earn a lot of money? That would be his option. That would be what I'd ask when he, about PSG. Then even going into the Premier League, uh, Bayern Munich. Not, I don't think you'll go Bayern Munich. They've got Lewandowski. I don't think they're in any rush to get rid of Lewandowski. I think they'll see that he's a good player and could be a potential upgrade. But Bayern Munich or Bayern Munich, I think they'll be okay, okay with letting it go. And then you go to the um, Premier League clubs. I think Man United, I don't think they'll... That they, they were haggling on Sancho, so... They're haggling on Sancho. They'll haggle on Highland, Highland, and I, hope so. I don't. I don't think Real look will deal with them. My biggest um, concern is City. I think. Uh, I even think. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool. As I said, Liverpool. I assume is the other big four team. I don't think they have the money for him personally. I don't think they'd spend the money unless they again sold someone big to get him. I can't then, see Liverpool doing it. Yeah. yeah, and then even City. I still think. I, I think. I mean, they've said. That apparently the rumour came out that City are not prepared to get in a bidding war for it, which Hope so. Good I for think us. That's, that's one thing I've seen with City. They spend a lot of money, but they always spend a lot of money when there's no competition. Like when, when's the last time they outbidded someone? Who, City? Yeah. I think that I don't even think their record signing is that high, is it? Yeah, it's, it's only about 60, 60, 70 million, I think. Yeah. I think Laporte is the record. I don't know, it could be Laporte or someone like that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, they they don't. I never see him. You always see like John Stones wasn't really much competition. Edison, no competition. Sane, no competition. Sterling, not really much competition. They've always signed players that have never like like you look at perfect example Harry Maguire. All right, he's turned out to be really bad at the moment, but between him, them and United, City could confidently outbid United, but they just didn't bother. They don't. I don't think they like to get into bidding wars. And then the final point I'd make: Are they still like like Real Madrid have got Mbappe on their eyes? Have Man City got Messi on their eyes? I really hope so. <laughs> I, and they, they I, even I, they've even mentioned that they they would rather they they would look at Lukaku over Haaland. But because that's what I think right. they they could be getting Messi, and I think they could just. That's something interesting for me. Messi, I mean, I, I think, like, I'm in to play with Guardiola and he's to try to... I think it could happen. Messi, I mean, what what would be a good thing, right? Messi at Man City, Ronaldo um, at Man United again for his final season. We get Haaland. I'll, I'll take oh, it. That, that, that Premier League... Oh, that would be... So, that would be... I wouldn't... I, that would be brilliant to watch. Oh. Yeah, I would love that. But honestly, out of them three, I think we'd be the winner. I think so too, because those those guys will take huge wage and they won't be around for much longer. Exactly. Even so. if they even if they're that one first season, one of them do get past Chelsea and get narrowly beat in second. That won't last long. They they can't 
the poten- the potential you have with Erling Haaland is you could, if he stays, create a legacy, create a destiny. Exactly. Whereas with Ronaldo and Messi, you can't do that. They won't last. They they are superhuman in terms of how they play, but they can't be at that level forever. Absolutely. This this is the thing. I, I think um, as soon as Guardiola's gone, that's it. The thing, this is the problem with these kind of projects, stay with the same manager for a million years. When they're gone, if they're, that's a specific long amount of time, like Klopp. And I think when Klopp goes, Liverpool are going back down to struggle again. And oh, then, well, uh, Liverpool are struggling now, as it is. Now, yeah, exactly. And, and City, without Pep, I think they'll still be, obviously, where they are similar, but I don't think they'll be dominant. And these kind of things... You know, these kind of things I think we've got to think about because I think our, our model is more based around the, the players more than it is keeping a certain coach forever, for example. Yeah, it's, I, I think like you have always that cliche term, football goes round in cycles, and I don't fully agree with that term, but you, you will see it. You'll see that Guardiola and Klopp will go. Both, I think Liverpool will drop down in generally back to like a fourth, fifth, sixth team. Because I, I don't I don't see there's talks of old oh, Gerard will replace him, but Gerard may be better, but I don't think he'll be ready to challenge Premier League titles. I think that will take a big rebuild. And then even Pep Guardiola, I think City will handle it better, but they'll still have a transition period of two, three years after yeah, Guardiola so- leaves. Whereas I think Chelsea always at the moment we our model is very unpredictable at times. But we do somehow at least manage to keep trophies. I hope that the only issue I have now is we've slowly each year since Conte slowly got further away from a Premier League, which is the worry. I, I, I don't mind winning trophies like FA Cups and etc. But if we're continually sliding away from that league title, we go seven, eight, nine years without a league title. I that's going to be a worry. We need to start, and that's the problem. We that's why we need to we need to be big. We need to go big. I mean, I'm not. I say I wasn't a massive Sancho guy, but if if kind of the targets are if if that's the way that we bring Haaland and we've got two of the best attackers, young attackers in the world, I think that might have to be the way to go. Um, I know that means that you know we can't fill out other areas quite as much. And I know people are saying about a centre back. I know we're kind of linked with many. I still, I'm, for me, I'm not totally sure. Why? Because for me, Thiago Silva Rudiger is good. And if we play five at the back, I mean, if you're looking at, I mean, I don't know if we can continue in this same way. We're barely conceding any goals. Yeah, I, I just don't think personally Tuchel's going to play five at the back next year. I think he's do, I think he's doing it now because it suits the players that are currently here right now. But I think when he's got a preseason to properly embed what he wants fully in, I think he'll do that in the summer. And then he'll transition. Because you always look at how Tuchel's played Dortmund, PSG, Mines. He's always played. He's played. He's dabbled with a back three yeah. on like occasions, like how Lampard did. Like he'd play yeah. back four, and then certain games swip into a back three. But he always would play a back four of some sort, whether it was the four-two-two-two, whether it was the four-three-three-four-three-three. Um, so I think he will ultimately move back to that, and that's where. I look at it and go, yeah, Zuma, if, if Silver, it all will depend on Silver because my only worry with not signing a big centre back is Silver is doing really well at the moment, but with the age he is at, he could very easily just mid season 
drop massively and then we're kind of stuck with that no big centre-back. And I think you put in, like, what, Rudiger and Zuma, and then that kind of puts it down to a massive problem again. Yeah, that's true. I, I wanted to ask you about that as well, because, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, we always want the best players in the world, but what centre-backs are at this level? Because we, if we're going to look for a centre-back, it has to be one of the world's best. Yeah, so, what are we looking for here? Who who is it? Who is the guy? I can't think of anyone. Yeah, I mean, we we we've, we're we're stuck on options. There's obviously Alaba's Alaba was an option for me, but he's going to Real Madrid. It's blatantly obvious. Um, obviously, people will talk about Upamecano. I didn't think he was a the best option Zuma. anyway, but he's already gone to Bayern Munich. He's Zuma, um, he's Zuma that guy. Well, at least from yeah. when I watched. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he was all that great, but obviously you had everyone bigging him up. Um, yeah, I think for me, you you look at the big centre backs that could do a Thiago Silva. You're looking at Marquinhos. You're looking at Jose Jimenez. Although obviously the injury record does pick a little bit of a problem, but and then after that, you you struggle. I, I think that's the problem at the moment. There's no. Um, Centre backs is a massive problem. I'd argue it's just as bad as strikers at the moment. There is not many good centre backs, and the centre backs that are good are the Ramoses, the Thiago's, who are on the wrong side of thirty by quite a mile now. So that's why that's why you see Barcelona are struggling, Real Madrid are struggling because they've had their old guard for so long, and no one that their Varans and their Long lays are not stepping up because long they're not good enough. Not. Yeah, long lay is not a good player. Um, this, I mean, that's the thing. Who, who is there? I mean, there's the, obviously that Kunda, Kunde. I, I um, like, I like him, but yeah, I think he's just. Is too he too small? small. Is he too, too small. small for yeah, a back that's... two? He's too small. He could, yeah. he could do it in a back three, but I don't think he could do it in a back two. I was thinking the same about Kunda. I think he might be a bit too small. His ball work is phenomenal, though. He's really good uh, at feet. Um, but yeah, I think you might be right. There might be a, a size issue w- w- with him. Um, see, for me, I can't think. I mean, Koulibaly. Yeah, he, he's he's him? one you could talk about. But again, he's got obviously he is on. I think he's now thirty. So he, again, he's a stopgap. He'd be a longer stopgap. But you just worry about. He's one of them defenders. He's got a bit of pace. So will he just again? One, he'd be like. I don't know, like a David Louise, he kind of drops. He just, again, early 30s, he just suddenly drops off a little bit because obviously they lose that pace that they had. Like you always see, like John Terry, they lasted so long because they never had pace, so they always relied on intelligence of defending. Yeah. Whereas you get these quick centre backs that are not as intelligent, but they rely on their quick pace. And once that goes, you lose the defender, really. And that's the only thing I look at Kulabali, especially for the price tag that it'll cost. Um, that, that's the thing. Marquinhos will, if I think Marquinhos is impossible to get, I think you're not many players are impossible to get, but I think he's one of them. If you are, you're going to have to spend the same amount as Haaland for him. Which Yeah, well, for Koulibaly, you think so? I think not No, now. I mean Mar- Marquinhos. Uh, that's the thing. Is Marquinhos even... I mean, they played mo- a lot of the time at defensive midfield. And, I mean, I was a big... I remember thinking he was a pretty decent player. 
Um, again, he's 27. I don't know how many years left, or 26. He's got how many years left. PSG are not letting a player go they don't want to go. Yeah, so I think, uh, that, I think that's, that's why I think not. it's yeah, possible. I'll, t- I'll check, see how much. But I think the only thing I like about him is he's obviously, if he comes in now, he's played under, with Silva, so he fits in well. He can fit at DM, which is also another possible problem with Chelsea. Um, so he can... Uh, fluctuate between positions as well if need be yeah he's got uh, 2024 so four years left not we're not getting in yeah okay yeah no I, I can't see that happening I'm just trying to think what center back are we going to sign because is it going to be another super young one like Kanate is what we read about I mean is there any point we've got Ampadu I I I, I honestly I, I won't like it, but I honestly could see a, something like a Sula coming in. Oh, please, no. Please, no. Uh, I, I don't want it. Are you, no, um, he had um, Kozilla on Sadiq Stream. He big. He loves Sula a lot. I was like, no. Okay. Just one, the injury prone. And then two, I, I, I'd even get to the point, Boateng's better than Sula, and I don't like Boateng yeah. either. Boateng's dead long time ago. Uh, so that's the thing. I don't think there's a lot, of, um, a big market for the best. Uh, yet again, another one I really wanted, Van Dijk. Uh, and again, we didn't bother. We didn't bother. This 65 million, 70 million is a lot of money, but it would have covered us for the next 10 freaking years. And instead, we didn't. We went to Liverpool, won the Champions League. We went for the cheaper option again. And uh, it, it's that kind of stuff that uh, was okay at first when we were maintaining a squad that had Lampard, Terry Cole, and Drogba in it. But now th- that that cheaping cannot cannot continue. We need to pick, and, and I can't think of a centre back that we would pick. I was thinking maybe Sergio Ramos for a couple of years, but I read that he's signing a new deal. So yeah, I mean, it, uh, the, you, you had the oh, I'm I might not be signing a new deal. And then suddenly you get the, oh, Manchester United are interested in Sergio Ramos. Two weeks later, Sergio Ramos is close to signing a new deal. So it's just a typical, let's use United to sign a new contract. But, um, yeah, it, it centre-back's a big issue. Like I think it, it's something that I don't know how we're going to fix. I think a lot of clubs don't know how they're going to fix. I think it might just be a thing where you try and outscore opponents, and I think that's what clubs are trying to do. I mean, it, yeah. it will it will get to the point where I and that's the honest, I don't see many good centre backs coming through, and that's where we might have to. I know we don't. Uh, you're not you're not too sure and relying on youth, but that's where we may have to at least try and look at these players like Gouy and say, think can they fit in? Obviously. If it gets to the point where there's no top class centre backs around, I, I just think that I've sort of seen this for a while. The level, the just the the the, class, the level of defending has just dropped. Yeah, generally, yeah. I think I think that's where this attacking style of footballs come in. Um, it's fresh. You, we, we're, everyone's aiming to score loads of goals now, and it's not. And it's all this passing from the back. Defenders having to be good at passing. Now, I think you're just losing the idea of defending and that's where i think a lot of clubs are struggling now yeah i agree with that uh and I that, know that. sorry continue it might just be the point where we need to just find two average to good defenders who just pair well together because at least if you've got a good defensive pairing you can get at least somewhere and if you've got a 
blister and attack, then you've got half a chance. Because I, I think you, you, after the likes of Ramos, Silva, and that go, the only real ones you've got, as I said, Marquinhos at PSG, Laporte, um, Ruben Diaz is quite a good defender. He's a defender, I would like. Yeah. But again, you're not going to get him out of Man City. No, um, no Because you, you look at the only player that, ever got out on Man City that Man City didn't really want to get rid of was Sane. But even and then, Sancho. you could argue that's um, worked for them anyway. Um, Sancho as well. Yeah, Sancho. Yeah, yeah, but that was more of a youth player. I yeah, mean, in terms same. of first teams. The yeah, ne- that's true. You've never really... No one's really wanted to leave, which I think we... That, that's what we... Chelsea because they win. Team. It's because yeah. they win, like we said at the beginning. You win yeah. all those... You win so much, only the weak players are going to want to leave. Mm. And and that's the, always the way it was. Like we were, you know, players that were struggling to get in the team couldn't handle the competition. They were off, and uh, yeah. that's what when we, you know, 2004 onwards, it was always the weak ones that left. For example, the Lampard state that you know the all these players like Drogba. How many world class recruits did Drogba battle off to to stay number one? And he just he always did it. He didn't say, oh, you just no, I don't want to play with him. It's like no, he kept going. He kept going. Right, that that's what a top player will do. They won't be like, oh no, I'm not signing a new deal. No, they will. They will get on with it and become a top player instead of blaming everyone else. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get your point, and that's why I think if you it gets to the point where you're, there's not because there's not going to be any good defenders around. I think a lot of defenses are just going to be average to good, and teams will outscore each other. Um, but that that that's where I think it comes to pairings and. You've got to just get the best pair and hope for the best. Um, yeah, which... or maybe an apple. <laughs> oh, I, I do love your dad jokes. Yeah, they're like... the best, right? Actually, yeah. I said that. I said that actually to my son uh, the other day. You know, my son Diego. We can started speaking. He said, uh, "Can you tell me something about solar eclipses?" I said, "No, son." <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> now, any listener that was just listening have just turned off at this point. <laughs> I think it's attracted more listeners. We'll, we'll hope it's that. <laughs> but anyway, sp- keeping on the track of defenders and going into some more transfer news, Kurt Zuma, price tag apparently forty million. What do you think? Hello, hello. Sorry, I missed that for one second. You said Zuma is uh, there's a, a Zuma West Ham. No, it's a uh, Zuma. It's been his price tag has been put as forty million. Yeah, and that's a fair price. Do you think yeah, we can get that for him? Um, actually, yes, I do, because I think he's one of those defenders that actually would be attractive for, for even for some big clubs. Like, I don't think he suits a club that wants to win everything. Whilst I don't think he is shit, I think he's okay, but not. I don't think he's world class. I think some Everton would pay close to that. I think even an outsider shout, right? But I think even Tottenham might be interested. Yeah, I mean. I, as I said on uh, Sadiq's channel, I said that Everton a couple years ago wanted to pay 35 for him. I think they, so I think they would pay 40 for him now. I don't see much uh, of a difference. I mean, if anything, I'd say compare him to a couple, two, three years ago, he's probably got better, I assume, at least a little bit. So I yeah, think they, I'd agree with They will, I think, and you even got, you could see a PSG having a look. You could see, I, I think a lot of, Again, because there's not many defenders about, a lot of t- teams in Europe could go for him. And I think it'd fit certain leagues in Europe. It'd, it'd, it'd fit in the Bundesliga very well because they've just got a load of shit defenders in there. 
Yeah, I think actually you might be right. I mean, PSG might be another potential. I think that, like, there is a market for Zuma. I do think so. I mean, there are some players I don't think there's a massive market for. But for me, like, if we're looking to raise some money, and because we always got to make some good sales, I think Zuma and Tammy Abraham could fetch nice money. And also, I think Barkley. Yeah, I think, I'm, I am. Barkley's the main one I'm looking at. I'm thinking, how much can we get out of Athlete, uh, out of Aston Villa? I reckon around 30. I, I, think, I, I still think we can push about 40, if I'm honest. I mean, he's been good. He's been good for them. Yeah, I mean, I mean been... Aston Villa are not exactly, a, they're, um, not exactly a poor club in terms of ownership. They've got a bit of money, and if they stay in the round of positions they are now, I think, that, I think they would pay 40 million for Barkley, because when he has What's played, it? he's been quite key to their team. Yeah, I think also, like, if you're looking at like players when they go on loan, sometimes their stock decreases, i.e. drink water. We're talking about someone like Barkley. He's come and he's been really good. I think, and that's an English international. I think he will. There is a market for Barkley as well. So for me, Barkley, Tammy, and Zuma could fetch us a nice amount of money. The three of them. Yeah, I think it's it's one of them ones. Especially with this summer, it's. You've got. If we're going to spend a lot of money, you need to sell players, um, and that that could be the thing. You need. You look at the Barclays. You look at the Tammy Abrahams and other players. You just need. You probably just need to give them a sell sell them just to get that bit of money extra in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think. I mean, we could put a buyback on Tammy if he, um, like, you know, could prove to be good in the future, right? So we could get him back, but. I think if we we um, also I'm not sure what's going to happen with Fakayo. Well, I think it really depends on uh, if Milan can win the Europa League, uh, where, what happens with him. But I think we we could also fetch a nice bit of money for him. Although I'm not a hundred percent sure on the sale of Tomori. I'm not hundred percent. I haven't seen enough really. What do you mean in terms of the price tag now, or just no? In terms of like, could he be a good player in the future? My, my, I lean towards not really, but I'm, I can't say that with conviction because there were games he played in the first season where he was fantastic. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think he, it's just one of them things where um, you have to look at him and think, could you pair Tomori in the future with a defender and it could form a good team i think Possibly. we have to just be a little bit careful in selling too many of our younger defenders on for it, it would 25 30 million would seem a nice bit of money but if he does go to another team and shines then you look and go well there's not many good defenders around and we just sold one of them to another rival yeah that's valid as i said i'm not 100 percent sure with vic iom I would be more likely to loan him again. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. both him and um, Gway, I think they both need loans, and then you see how they are because they could you could turn out and they could be two decent centre backs, and you go right. Well, we add them into the team, whether they're starting or whether they're squad rotation, and then you've you've got good. You don't need to spend a hundred and fifty million on a centre back, which in the True. grand scheme of things, is a lot for a centre-back. Insane. Insane. Um, so, moving on to out of the transfer news and players, we'll move on to 
Sunday's game against United. How do you think it's going to go? I'm going for a 1-1 or 2-1 Chelsea win. Um, I'm really, really... As long as we don't make mistakes, but we cannot lose this game, right? It's uh, We're in the, the race for top four again. We got lucky with a lot of results around us. We just I would say the key thing here is not lose. If we don't lose, we're still in the mix, right? That, it's essentially at the moment we're fighting for that one position because unfortunately Leicester and, and United keep winning. Um, so, but I think we've got a, Liverpool got a tough game right at the weekend. I actually don't know who they're playing. I'll, ha- I'll have a check for you. But essentially, that's our rival for this position at the moment. I don't really rate West Ham. West Ham have got City, by the way. So, you know, let's hope that's a loss and we, we take the position back. But um, but this is a big... I mean, we've got to avoid losing. We cannot afford to lose this. We need... I stick by what I said before. We oh, Leicester are playing Arsenal. So it's not a bad one. Yeah, Sheffield, Liverpool, Liverpool got Sheffield United. So easy win. Yeah. So, I mean, we need to avoid losses against big teams. As I said before, as soon as Tuchel came in, we need three big game wins to undo the terrible big game record of under Lampard, where we won no games. Uh, we need to. We need to. We need two more big game wins and avoid terrible losses to shit teams, and we'll get the top four. So, do we get those two wins against Arsenal and? Man United, do we get that win against Liverpool? It doesn't matter who it comes in. We need those two big wins. If we get that, I feel like we'll get in there. Yeah, I, I'm actually calling me crazy because I think a lot of people have. But I actually think, I, I don't rate this United team at, at the moment whatsoever. They've won and they've been extremely lucky. And I'm wait, I'm just waiting for that luck to run out. And I think it will, I think it will this weekend. The fact that they haven't got Pogba, they've not got Cavani... Uh, I think but Tom, Tom and it, Why is there no Cavani? What I think he's been out the last couple of games anyway. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Marsh, Martial's been playing. Apparently, he's been dog shit. Um, I'm not surprised. But um, yeah, I think McTominay apparently hasn't been training, so he's really unlikely as well. So I just think, I think we're going to run right a little bit. I think their their defense is very crap, and if they if we play the right team. I think we can unlock them. And if we get an early goal, I think they're screwed. And I think we're going to win 3-0. I really hope so. That'd be fantastic. This, I mean, we need to get a bit of distance now. We're kind of in and amongst that number. If we can win the next three games, I think we get us a nice bit of breathing space. Because essentially at the moment, Liverpool's the trouble, isn't it? Like we got to, we got to, I don't think, I, don't, I foresee Tottenham are kind of losing it a bit here, aren't they? Everton, not sure they've got it in them. But those two games, you know, we've got, to, we've got to try and get a win out of this. We really need to get something here on Sunday. Yeah, I, I still think, I still think, I know you said that Man United and Leicester are uncatchable. I still think, especially if Man United are stuck in Europa League Thursday, Sundays, I still think they're catchable. I, think, I still see them dropping back down a little bit into it. We might not finish above them at the end, but I think it will be similar to last season. It'll be very close. Um I, I, I personally think we will get third. I think one of United, Leicester will finish second. And then it'll be between Liverpool, Chelsea and the other club that doesn't finish second for the top four. I think Leicester, Everton and West Ham will have a fight between themselves for Europa League. So I don't think they'll drop down, down, but they'll just hover in them rest of them Europa spots. And then I, I, I don't have any hope for Tottenham or Arsenal, personally. Um, Arsenal? 
I, I, well, you, you speak about Tottenham, but they're, they're only two points off Arsenal, so that's why I'm just including Arsenal. That's how bad Tottenham are at the moment. Oh my God, they've really had a. Di- I think that personally, I think Tottenham are looking to get through in by winning the Europa League. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they'll do it. I hope not. Yeah, let's that's, that's, that's hope not. Um, so, what what lineup would you play against um, United? Got to be consistent. So it's going to be the lineup that keeps winning. So it's going to be the same back four. I mean, pretty much the the team that played at Atletico is what I would have chosen. It has to be that team. There's the, that's the trusted team right now. So we've got the wing back formation with Callum on one side, Alonso on the other. We've got Rudiger Christensen, Ash Piliqueta. It's got to be Jorginho, Kovacic again. Can't believe I'm saying all this stuff. Uh, um, and again, Timo Werner in there. Uh, but Havertz might be ready to come back, which which could be a nice plus for us at the back end of this season. Um, but I'm going to go with the exact same team that played Atletico. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's it's a tough one. I I don't because it's I don't know who um, to bring. Uh, I think the back three, obviously, with Thiago Silva being out, still it'll be the same. Mendy will stay in goal. Um, Alonso, yeah, I think I can. Alonso could stay on that side, and then would you say Hudson Odoi at wing back or Reese James? Got to be Callum. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think Callum would do all right. I, I think United. I mean, he'd also. I know he he's been good defensively, if I'm honest. I I, I worried about his defensive. Um, work great but he has been doing really well and I think with his yeah. more he's got more pace than James I think he'll just yeah. in terms of the transition against Rashford I think that he, he he'd actually probably be better um, than compared to Reese. and then yeah the front three I think I'd keep it largely the same but I just do think Kai I, I, the last three lineups, I've predicted Kai Havertz will get in, and then every time he hasn't. <laughs> so I, I, I do want to try and stick to my guns. I think Kai will come in at some capacity, but I, don't, I just don't know where he will fit in because against the, the, the predicted lineup I said for Atletico, I wanted Havertz to play at false nine, and then Werner and if Pulisic was fit or otherwise, um, Mount slash Hudson Odoi to be. The two forwards running back of two, um, which I thought would could that that you could argue that could work, but you can't drop Olivier Giroud after that performance and that goal. No. So it's do you put do you put it as a Werner Havertz and then Giroud up top, but then you take you're taking out Mount and his kind of pressing and work rate. I think, but I, I don't know. It, it's tough if I'm honest. I think. And I do think maybe do my, my thoughts was also if he's again if he's fit, which obviously he did he did come off the bench I think for Atletico. Do you try and play Christian Pulisic just for that pace in behind from Lindelof and Maguire? Uh, I think I think like kind of the the way that we're playing now kind of makes the squad look a bit better. So I think that uh, bringing them on they could be a, a kind of an extra cog in us getting the victory over the line. So I wouldn't take any risks. I don't think now is the time to experiment with players. 
I mean, we haven't played Kai in the Force 9 yet, have we? So I think this is the wrong yeah. game. I think we've got to stick with what seems to be working. And then we can bring those deadly players on in the last 20, 30 minutes, hopefully, and get the win. Yeah. I suppose I just worry a bit more about, obviously, Atletico Tuesday. Obviously, it's a quite nice break, actually, between Atletico and Man United. But then you've got Liverpool after, and then Everton, Best which time. Everton's Best. still a big game as well at the moment. So it's just, I worry about, is do we need at least a little bit of rotation just for some of the players? But it, it, it's a tough, it's a tough job because so many players are playing well at the moment. Well, it's the best time to play Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'd definitely prefer to play them now than in a few weeks when, you know, some of their players, but I think Diego Jota, Diego Jota's back, isn't he as well? So, well, yeah, that, that, Henderson's been ruled out for 12 weeks, hasn't he? No, it was what bloody hell. They've had a lot of injuries. Uh, also, oh, yeah. Diogo Jota. I hate Diogo Jota. There's something about his face I just want to punch. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I look at his smug face and I'm just like, fuck off. Like, he is a good player. He's good. Yeah, he's decent. He was brilliant for Wolves. I, I don't like it when those players do that. You know, they, they move from a nice team to a big team. I, I, and it's not Chelsea. I automatically hate them. There, there we go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand it's good to play Liverpool at the moment. I just worry about will this be too many big games in a row for the same 11 players to play? That's my only issue. I know, I assume Thiago Silva, he's been training for a week. So I assume the only reason he's out at the moment is match fitness and that he should be back for Liverpool. So I imagine he'll come in eventually and provide some rotation at the back. But. It's it's just I don't know. I just hope we can get at least some point. I think we will drop points. One of United, Liverpool, Everton. I even think. Don't don't hate me when I say it, but I I think after we we could beat all these teams, and then we face a Leeds after, yeah. and we'll just we'll just lose. I, I can just see us losing that because it's just such a high intensity game, and we've played four big games in a row if we just I, I can just see us being just gas gassing out that's, a little bit yeah I mean that's I, I that's always potential though isn't it so we've got a lot of tough games coming <clears throat> we have really tough games and when we come through all the tougher games if as long as we're kind of in and around we're one or two points in the area we need to be I think we should be able to nail this but I, I predicted we finish fifth so I really hope that uh, we don't yeah I, I mean hopefully <laughs> We won't finish fifth. I think. I think. Hope if we can get through these big games, then we can finish top four slash above, depending on how well we do in these big games. Because we got. I think it's we get through these games, and then it's a bit. April's quite smooth sailing, and then it comes to the tower end of the season, and again it becomes very difficult again. Yeah. I think we have a run of games of like I think we have West Ham, Leicester, Arsenal, and Man City, and Aston Villa. Okay. Oh. So it's like, I think the last game of the season's us for Aston Villa, uh, and then like the, we got Man City as well. I think second from last game, and then the ga- four games before that are all London derbies. We have got some really tough games. Yeah, uh, we we just been, I, I feel like I look at our schedule in the second half, and we've just been sh- completely shafted in. Like we've got all the big games in two specific moments. It's not spread out like everyone else. I mean, the like, good I, thing is we don't have injuries, though. 
So that's I mean a one positive. Well, for that for, for the for this for this batch, I, I I can see us probably getting some sort of injury towards the, that end of I the mean, season. Look at Leicester's bloody schedule. I mean, home Arsenal, away Burnley, away Brighton, home Sheffield United. So then the next they're their run of games. And then they've got their FA Cup game. Then they've got home City, away West Ham, home West Brom, home Crystal Palace, away Southampton, home Newcastle. And then they've got Man U and us, and then Tottenham. Three hard, But their three hard games come right at the very end. Yeah, so what our final... Wait, one, two, three, four... Five, final six games. We've got West Ham away, followed by Fulham at home. Easy. Then Man City away. Arsenal at home, Leicester at home, Aston Villa away. We've actually got quite a nice run. If um, I thought it was harder than it, it looked. I mean, after the Man U game, we got Liverpool and Everton. But after that, we've got Leeds, Sheffield United, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Brighton, West Ham, Fulham. Yeah, that as I said, April is completely like we should not Pressure. drop any points in April. But then if you get in all of those. Then you get into May and you're just like suddenly, oh god. And then yeah. that's, it, that is also the business part of the season. So that's even but, more pressure. I mean, the Man City game, you can imagine, well, we, we probably lose. But we've got, like, Arsenal, Leicester. And they're both home. Well, actually, Leicester, you, could, you could argue, argue City's won the league by that point. Yeah. So we might be playing against Eric Garcia. <laughs> oh, I'd, 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 I'd rather play against him than Ruben Diaz. Yeah, he's quality, he's quality. I think actually our, our setup is not as bad as I thought. We've got a tough kind of little run in the middle here, but I think it gets better. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when, that's why I've said, like, as soon as we get past these February games, now, February slash March, we can, we can then, I think, where we are at that point will be where we finish. Pro- possibly, barring any disaster in them last four or five games. Yeah, I mean, let's see how it goes, man. I mean, <clears throat> I think, but let's just hope. I mean, I'm more interested in winning the Champions League to get us into the Champions League. Yeah. So just before we finish off, obviously, we spoke about this on the take one of episode 49 that never got released. But what is your overall thoughts on Tuchel so far? Absolutely delighted. Uh, way beyond expectations, because we were, we've got to realise we were 10th <clears throat> when he took over. He took over, and people saying, I see it on Twitter, oh, they should be getting expected to get top five. I was like, no, actually, I don't think so, because we had to rely on other teams. And even now, I mean, if we finish fifth, that's not on him. How long has he had with the team? Almost nothing. Um, so, you know, there's almost no time for that. So we're thinking about, I'm happy. I'm really happy. He's set up the team well. He's reinstated players I think deserve to play, like Rudiger, who I personally thought would, would do well, and he has. Um, He's kind of uh, stopped playing certain players who I felt didn't really deserve to start too many games. Um, so no, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with him at this point. Yeah, yeah. I've, I think I wasn't, as I said before, I wasn't a massive fan of him. Um, Me either. Before we signed, before we signed him, and when I did, when we did sign him, my instant reaction was, "Oh no, oh no, we've, we've, we're going, we're going to fuck it up." And we're, we've signed the wrong manager. It's going to be another 18 months. He's gone. And then we're going to be in complete shit. But at the moment, he has turned it round. 
for the short term. I think I like the way how he's just thought, fuck it, we're playing a three at the back because that's how it's how we're suited with all these players. And then that's why I hope I, I I'm still reserving my judgments a little bit still until next season when we see uh, bring some of his own players in. Um, and then we'll see what formation he plays, what his style truly is. Um, and that then at that point, I will make my full judgment. But I'm happy with him so far. I think he's brought the best out of these players. Me too. So let's hope he continues. Let's hope it continues and we get the win on Sunday. Yeah. One thing that's also been really happy, it's just his press conferences. He's been so good at his press conferences. I've enjoyed them so much. Yeah, me too. I mean, the way he talk, I love the way he seems to just talk and seems to know exactly and pinpoints exactly the issues. And you feel a bit more confident. It's like, oh, yeah, I was thinking that. Right? And then he comes up with these things. Like, oh, yeah, didn't think about that. Like, I think that's, that's the mark of a coach I like to, to have. Yeah, and obviously the British media have been a bit harsh on him. Obviously, they've, they're all on this side of Frank Lampard. They always were. So they have. I think they have... There's been some questions he's had in um, some of the press conferences. I thought, what, what fucking dickheads! But he's dealt with them really well and in such yeah. a good way. Me too. I'm very happy with it at this point. Yeah. So hopefully we'll um, be talking in our next episode about hopefully a United win, depending on when we record it. A Liverpool win, Everton win, and then we'll go. We'll go on from there. But. Thank you to everyone that's been listening. Obviously, we've been away for, I think it's been nearly a month now. I think it was the 20, 20, I think it was the 26th of January was our last recording. So um, we will be back and we will be back to regular content. Um, we're currently planning, hopefully, at least once a week um, podcasts and we will be getting some special guests on. I have got I've been talking to a few people. Uh, Steak's been talking to a few people. So hopefully we'll get some guests on and we'll have a good few months of content for you guys up to the end of the season. But I'll thank Marv for coming on and it's been a lovely pod. Thank you for having me on. It's been awesome as always, Matt. And let the let the listeners know where they can find you. If they don't uh, already I know. Am at Marvito Dude, please join in in my Erling Haaland propaganda. Check my pinned tweet; it's up to day three now. Let's like, subscribe, uh, get it retweeted so he sees it and realizes that he needs to become a Chelsea legend. Brilliant! I I, I do love your Erling Haaland uh, tweets at the moment. Likewise, you can follow you can follow me at MattJBall98. Currently, I'm doing a little uh, Ruben Hive because. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, he he is a man I I've loved for ages, and I want to bring back want to bring back into this team and want him to get back to his best. So you can follow me there. Also, you can follow us at, at WWC Pod Articles. There you'll get all the latest articles. We're getting daily articles about the men's, women's, and youth, and then obviously you'll get the notification for every pod that we upload. So uh, and that's the end of the pod, and we'll.